Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Easter. Actually, better, he is risen. There you go. That's actually the better response. You know, the reality is, when you say Happy Easter, it sometimes gets lost on people. It gets lost on people for a lot of reasons. It may not mean a whole lot, but when you say he is risen, it's different. But the reality is, is that Easter gets lost on a lot of people in comparison to so many other holidays or holy days that we celebrate throughout the year in the United States. Think about just a couple of weeks ago. What holiday or holy day did we celebrate? St. Patrick's Day, right? This place... When I say this place, Hilton Head, Pope Avenue, was a madhouse. You think it was a madhouse today? And it will be later when you leave? It was worse on St. Patrick's Day. What's fascinating is is that there may be later on today some abandoned cars because of the rain, because of the traffic. There were a lot more at St. Patrick's Day. There were a lot more St. Patrick's Day night. If you get my drift. Savannah that week was worse. People were inconvenienced, went out of their way. The crowds were enormous. There's only one parade in the country larger than in Savannah, New York City. And it's amazing how much people focus on that holiday, that holy day in people's lives. They set it apart. They go out of their way. They inconvenience themselves for that day. There's other days that I think of that just happened earlier in preparation for the day that we're celebrating today as people lead up to that day. It's called Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras. And how much attention people pay to that day and how much people focus on the partying and the celebration for that day, that week. This day, in terms of celebration in people's lives, pales in comparison. It really does. Think about other celebrations, other parties during the course of the year. Think about the 4th of July. Think about even Christmas. For some of you, the last time you were here. And how much focus we give those days and the celebration of those days. 
and this day pales in comparison. Why is that? Why is this day lost on so many people? When it's really, in many ways, the greatest miracle, the greatest event for the life of the church, for the life of the Christian. Because without this day, without what happened on this day, in history, with Jesus rising from the dead, we wouldn't be here. Our faith would be meaningless. Without the event of the cross and the resurrection, Jesus dying on the cross in our place for our sin, combined with the fact that he had to rise again to show that he had the power over sin and over death. We wouldn't be here. The Christian faith would be meaningless. And if you think about the Christian faith as just some nice moral code, some ethical system, then you've missed it. Paul puts it best in what is known as the resurrection chapter. 1 Corinthians 15, when he writes to the Corinthians. Let me read it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 13. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain, and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. It's kind of a tongue twister, but you get the gist. If Christ was not raised from the dead, the Christian faith makes no sense. So this day is the most critical day in history, in the church's history, for our faith. It is the day most to be celebrated. And in fact, if you looked at the sermon title, I put it as the sermon title, The Greatest Miracle of All. And part of the reason that I put that down as my sermon title is, for those of you that haven't been here, I've been doing a series through Lent on the miracles, some of the miracles of Jesus. And I've been talking about in those miracles that Jesus performed miracles over creation. To show his lordship over creation. That he did miracles of physical healing. To show his lordship over not only creation, but the creation of the human body and over our bodies. Physical nature. I talked about his miracle of when he healed the paralytic, physically, the forgiveness of sin. That he has power over sin, which the cross and the resurrection solidified. That that foreshadowed. That Jesus had power over the spiritual world and over the demonic. And in fact, last week for Palm Sunday, I talked about how he restrained himself from doing certain miracles because he held out for the greater miracle. For example, when he was tempted to come down from the cross, he chose 
not to. Because God, with His miracles, with Jesus' miracles, always had something greater in mind. God has an eternal perspective when He does what He does. We have a limited perspective. We have an immediate perspective. We always are about our immediate wants and needs. Our desires. We sometimes even having a, have a problem distinguishing between our wants and our needs. And it's critical to do so. I said this in my sermon on Good Friday. You know, this past week, I got a new roof on my house. What I spent on my new roof, I, I really could have spent and gotten another car, a new car. You know, the reality is I needed a roof. I wanted a car. I got the roof. Needs are more important. God cares about our needs. And the most needful thing of our life is our salvation. God has an eternal perspective. It's the whole reason that miracles took place. That Jesus is pointing to the kingdom of God. That Jesus is pointing to our eternity. That's what he's after. That he's not just about the good, he's about the best. There was an article that came out two weeks ago in the parade part of the Sunday paper. It talked about 80% of Americans believe in miracles. What miracles? Most of the miracles that people are looking for are about my blessing. Give me a blessing, Lord. Or they're about physical healing. It's about the immediate... Immediate. It's about this world. The reality is, all of us are going to die. Whatever physical healing we experience, eventually we're going to die. Whatever blessing we experience in this life, eventually is going to pass. God has an eternal perspective. He cares about where you spend eternity. That's why any miracle that we experience, God has an eternal goal in mind for your life. To point to... Jesus as Messiah, to point to the cross and the resurrection. To point to Him breaking into your life. That's His goal. It's not just about this world. And if you miss the greatest miracle, you miss what is most critical. That's what God's after for you. What's fascinating is, at the same time that 80% of Americans believe in miracles, there's a whole group that doesn't. In one sphere... It would be people that are looking for the scientific solution, the rational solution, they might say. You can't believe in miracles. It's not rational. Faith 
faith is beyond this world. Because God has an eternal perspective. Even seminaries, some seminaries that are supposed to be teaching about faith, in those seminaries that are trying to be relevant, that are trying to be rational, will teach that the miracles really didn't happen. Including the bodily resurrection of Jesus. But we as Christians believe in the resurrection. We believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. That the stone was rolled away. How was the stone rolled away? No one has ever disputed that fact historically. No one has ever challenged it historically. There may be different theories about the stone being rolled away. No one has ever challenged it. Do you realize that? I don't think the women did it. They came with spices. They came with a whole different agenda to anoint the body. They were looking for someone to roll the stone away for them. We know the apostles didn't do it. They were cowered in the upper room. You know, the women went, but the apostles didn't. Do you ever, do you ever notice that a lot of time women always go first? Do you ever notice that? Women oftentimes are the ones that want to ask for directions, too. And the guards would not have let the stone be rolled away because it would have cost them their lives. They were appointed there to guard the tomb. So how did this stone get rolled away? It certainly wasn't Jesus. He had the 39 lashes which oftentimes would kill a strong man. He had the crown of thorns, the nails in his hands and feet. The loss of fluids would have been immense, the loss of strength. He had no strength. He couldn't have even crawled out of the tomb. And no one was going to steal his body. None of the people we talked about would have stolen his body. And even if they had, that would not have inspired the apostles to go out and make up a story and then die for a lie? There's a brilliant idea. Hey, you know what? He said he was going to rise again. So why don't we just tell everybody he rose again? We'll most likely die. What do you think? That makes no sense. And if he came out decrepit, that would not have inspired them 
It would not have been a resurrection experience outside of Jesus actually rising. And in fact, we're told that not only did the women, Mary Magdalene first, see the risen Lord. But so did ten of the apostles, and then the following week, Thomas. And then we're told later that 500 at the same time, most likely not a group hallucination, saw the risen Lord Jesus alive. That He, in fact, had risen from the dead. And no one has ever been able to prove otherwise. If, in fact, it's true, then for all intents and purposes, it's an historical fact. And if it's an historical fact, then it's the greatest miracle that ever took place. Because it's what our faith stands on. But the reality is, if that's not a reality in your life, then you will never realize the impact of that miracle. Never. You will never realize the impact of that miracle in this life, and you will not experience the benefit in the life to come. I could tell you wonderful stories and testimonies of people that have experienced the power of the cross and the resurrection. I could tell you stories that would move you. But the reality is, if it is not a truth that is real in your heart and life, it doesn't matter. Because this is not just about being moved emotionally. It is not just about you intellectually accepting the historical fact. It is about you accepting by faith this truth and you being changed forever. This is not about someone trying to change you, in fact. There's lots of people around you, trust me, that probably wants you to change. Okay? There's probably things about me, my wife, would like to have change. Probably. You never know. There's probably things about me, my children would like to have me change. My staff, I gather. But when the gospel, the truth of the gospel breaks into your life by the power of the Holy Spirit, you want to change. You want to change. That's the difference. You want to center your life around the person of Jesus Christ. You have a hunger and thirst for righteousness. You long to worship. You want to grow in the knowledge and love of Him and you want to love other people more effectively. That's the difference. 
you want to change. That's when you begin to realize the power of the miracle. Not because it's in a historical fact, but because it's a reality in your heart and life. That's the difference. That's when you understand by faith. All I can talk about when it comes to Easter is about the cross and the resurrection and about my changed life. My testimony. I'm changed. The fact that I love the Lord and I want to serve Him. The fact that I love people and I want to reach out with the gospel and touch their lives and see them change. I have a changed life because of the gospel. And that's what I want you to experience. Have I arrived? No. You know, the reality is, you might think, some of you who know me better, you might think I'm obnoxious. Can you imagine me without the gospel? Think about that. Isn't that an interesting thought? See, we don't think like that. That's the power of the gospel. That's the miracle that God wants to work in every one of us to change us daily. You know the reality is you may be sitting here and you are walking in sin. You have a broken relationship with the Lord. You have broken relationships around you. Jesus Christ came to die on a cross in your place for your sin because He loves you and He wants your life to change now and for all eternity. You might be sitting in doubt. You might be a skeptic. If you are willing to take the step of faith and walk by faith, He will change you, I promise. If you're willing to take the step, if you're willing to invest yourself and not just hold Him at bay. Because if you never take the steps, you're never going to get there. You'll stay a skeptic. If you're one who thinks you're earning your way, guess what? You're not. Because you'll never be good enough. We all think we're good compared to those around us. I mean, heck, just look around us. We're all better than them, or at least as good as them. But Scripture says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not because of works, lest anyone should boast. It's a gift. And that's what the cross is about. That Jesus opened his arms, his arms of love for you, to offer you the gift. And the resurrection 
is to show you he has the power over sin and death to change you this day and to change your eternal destination. And he will change you daily and give you a different hunger and thirst for him and a different kind of love for those around you if you just let him. Then you'll know the true power of the greatest miracle. Let's pray. Lord God, we're always looking for reasons to have fun and to celebrate. And yet oftentimes, Easter Sunday is one of the days that's lost. Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would move in our hearts and in our lives. That every person here would know the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection. That no one would walk out of this place unchanged. That all would know this greatest miracle, not only in history, but in their hearts and in their lives. That they would know the love that was shown on the cross And they would have a love for you and a new kind of love for others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.